0: Hey
1: everybody. It is Tuesday night so it is Broadcast Team Alpha. I'm so excited for our guest tonight. You know, we we have so many incredible guests that come on with just so much information about expanded consciousness and and expanding the light and stepping into the electronic present. I mean, just so much. And and our guest Nadi, who Augie is going to tell you about, we're, we're just going to take thought you know a little bit further, even further tonight. So we're so excited. I just want to thank you as always for being here. And for all of you have, who have heard this before, go ahead and tune me out. But for you people who are new, please like and subscribe to our youtube station this way you won't ever miss when we have a pop-up show or when we have other shows you know we we uh, co-create with the conscious awakening network and we've got all kinds of new things coming and expanding so if you want to know what's happening i just invite you to do that Augie, please tell us about
2: nadi oh yes yes this is going to be fun we have mm-hmm. Nadi Hana with us. Uh, she's the first-timer to broadcast IM Alpha because I just discovered her. She must be one of the, 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 the best secrets out there. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that like to surf the internet while you're listening to the show, I'm going to give you her um, web address here so you can do that. And uh, it is... Galactic Rose com Galactic Rose Geometry.com. And sometime later, when you are on that website, you gotta go in under blogs and read the first blog that comes up because I did and i know you are going to want to read that thing because it'll speak right at you with all the things that you need to hear so um that's my commercial right off the front anyway Nod is is i'm going to say a few things about her because uh for the few of you out there that doesn't know not is an inspiring instructor a presenter an energy healer and an artist Her spiritual practices are uh, dedicated to the expansion of our multidimensional consciousness. As a student of mainstream and esoteric knowledge for 25 years plus, she has cultivated a spectrum of skills and abilities to support our individual and collective awakening. She's giving classes, individual lessons and sessions and doing lectures and interviews and being a guest on shows like this one. And uh, are totally committed to the evolutionary process of humanity by helping us to access our full potential and multidimensional being within us. And every one of us have one or two because we are multidimensional and that means more than one. So um, I uh, I don't wanna spend all that much time. I wanna hear from what uh, Nadi has to say and we're not that demanding. We, we just wanna know a few things about crop circles because you just came back from England where you were observing crop circles and studying them and learning and talking to people about it. And there's a lot of things that stays in England and don't get communicated everywhere. So we just want to know a few, few details, you know, minor ones, you know, like, who's doing it? Why are they doing <laughs> it? And what does it mean?
3: <laughs> right. The basics, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Welcome,
1: Nadi. Welcome. Not serious. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all such okay. a rabbit hole. I mean, once you start to pull at a thread of you know, what's happening in the fields of England or so many things, so many areas of inquiry into our consciousness and our multidimensional nature, it's just never ending fascination. So um, I'm excited to talk about everything. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's
1: so exciting to have you here tonight. I love to just ask a personal question uh, for everybody to get to know you, me too, to get to know you too. How did this begin for you? So many people who, like yourself, I mean, not that there's anybody like you, um, you know, just similar pathways. You know, oftentimes it kind of showed up in the early life in unusual ways. Did you see that early in your childhood or how did this path rise up for you?
3: uh no i was uh as regular as rain uh, until um well let me qualify that i felt very you know mainstream living kind of a regular life until i was about 25 somewhere in there i had some sort of spiritual awakening and i started on my path of um inner work and i started working with a meditation teacher and you know dove all the way in went to live in an ashram and I had like a daily practice wow very profound part of my life I did a lot of healing work and and I uh I spent a whole um kind of like a lifetime earlier you know about about a dozen years ago um I spent I, I was living in a world of meditation um inner work I was a psychotherapist on an inpatient psychiatric unit at a very different wow moment. yeah it was wow uh, it was intense and it was wonderful it was it was a really great training you know for being wow. able to hold a wide spectrum of wow. uh experiences you know um wow I know, yeah i know it's a big wow i sometimes <laughs> it doesn't quite register that i did that but uh i looked i look back on that time and i did not have a, a I did not have the spiritual lens that I do have now. And so I knew that I was in sacred space with people in a transition, whether they wanted to die or had just tried or were in what, you know, Western medical medicine would call medical medicine Well, the Western model mm-hmm. would call a psychotic episode, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I'm so, I'm so on the other side of the spectrum now where, you know, that's some kind of shamanic awakening or an ability to navigate other worlds that, our mainstream world simply doesn't know how to understand and so we diagnose and medicate and i never want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. you know psychiatry and mental health does really serve a purpose it, it does help but it's too broad a net and so it was limited for me and i wanted to move towards more holistic practices more like towards integration and you know where i wanted to be in life and so i left that part of my life i left that decade and uh and kind of made a leap of faith I didn't know where or what I just knew different and uh very shortly thereafter I discovered uh unified physics and sacred geometry and I was kind of flailing about but also uh anchoring myself in the geometry and you know it gives this beautiful structure for holding um anything right it's a finite structure that can contain the infinite and so it mm-hmm. helped me through my process, and I just drew a lot, and I drew so much that I ended up um, having an art show and sort of turning into an artist, you know, from mental health wow. to artist. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just following a path of alignment and the geometry uh, helped me feel aligned, you know, because it's this perfectly proportioned uh, harmonic. And so I was just mm-hmm. training my system into wellness. And then able to hear my guidance more and more. And then I had art installments, and then people saw the geometry, and then I needed to talk about it, and everybody wanted to learn about it. So I started teaching, and I started teaching how to draw it in colleges and lots of different classes. And this is an example of my art behind me. It really took me quite a while to um, grow into, you know, and to expand into everything that, you know, that I had to offer. And then, sacred geometry led me to crop circles because the fundamental patterns of crop circles the the genuine crop circles are based in geometry and then studying about crop circles led me to uh, learn about advanced civilizations and circle makers and then that led me to connecting with my off-planet self my you know multi-dimensional simultaneous selves and um learning about the hybridization program and my participation with it i mean you know, it really just I went uh, mm-hmm. full on into my expansion after leaping from a regular world. But mm-hmm. the answer is I lived a pretty regular, understandable life. I took a leap of faith and now I live a fairly fantastic uh, and extraordinary life. And I'm really grateful to. Uh, wow. That, yeah. That's so
1: cool. That's so amazing. And you, just a really quick side path just for nanoseconds when I was uh, a nurse. in in mainstream medicine, there was not one psychotic patient who came in and put in the room with no windows that I had a conversation with, that I listened to, that didn't contain shreds of the mystical. They all did if you really, really listened. For Mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. uh... Yeah.
3: Yeah, I've come to terms with me with with the part of me that couldn't hear that. You know, I know that I was of yeah. service in the time, but I really it's so um, it feels really important to be reframing and relanguaging mm. so much of what yeah. we have called um, psychotic or crazy or yeah. you know marginalized. Yeah, that's a big passion. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So there are so many layers. I imagine I know so little about sacred geometry, except what appeals to me, you know, on an energetic level and on a soul level, how does that really work? I mean, what, is it the vibration? Is it the frequency? Is it the harmonics of the geometry? What is it that gives us that feeling that makes us go, oh, I want to know more about this, you know, or gives us um, a shift? even in our energy
3: yeah all of it vibration frequency, of it. <laughs> you're, you got it yeah um mm. I think I I can sum it up you know the, the most common question is well what makes it sacred like you know sacred mm. geometry they have they have burdens you know the we we've got programs with those words but uh I really like to invite if we can transcending our programs you know and and looking mm-hmm. at, I would say, the universality, right? Like the, the beyond mm-hmm. program aspect of geometry, right? Aggie and I were talking about math and the universal language of math and uh, before the show. And um, the geometry can help us get past the illusion of separation. And that's part of what makes mm-hmm. it sacred in my in my yeah. definition, is that everything mm-hmm. has a geometric structure. And when you start to move with that lens it breaks down um the, the the divisive programs that we've been given and so Ooh, I like that geometry right there's that sacredness in sort of a unity consciousness piece but then also we are fundamentally geometric in structure right we are our DNA is organized in the phi ratio you know our our basic cellular structure mirrors the the seed of life and its bifurcation process so as we are working with the geometry as we're looking at it or getting tattoos on our body or drawing it it's because of the resonance right and it's that in training into symmetry and harmony that yeah you're on to it vibration frequency yeah
0: so amazing
2: yeah it seems to me like sacred geometry uh, at least I have seen uh, scientists even talk about it that it is embedded in absolutely everything it's in nature it is in things that we create that work it is in us it is everywhere and sacred geometry can be reduced reduced into numbers and uh well ones and zeros if you like computer Mm -hmm. code and Mm -hmm. genetics and it is everywhere isn't it
3: yeah yeah i think that's part of the sacred piece is it's if it's everywhere uh then that brings everything together you know so we as the sacred i think when you tap into that that harmony right that that's um perfect alignment the the geometries are so beautifully proportioned and um they elicit uh, a sense of balance right they elicit that resonance where we see um arts or architecture or we hear music that incorporates the ratios the phi ratios you know this infinite fractalizing sacred geometry like we know it because we are it we're drawn to it because it's our essence and so it's this unifying principle and it's guided me. You know, it has brought me into alignment, and I've been more able to hear my guidance. It's 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 uh, heightened my sensory ability. It's brought more of my capacities online, and that's what I am here to uh, share. You know, and and beat the drum of our you know multidimensional nature because uh, there's many roads to multidimensionality, and sacred geometry is is one of them. Can help us remember.
1: How could a beginner uh, uh, utilize sacred geometry to begin to tap into, explore their multi-dimensional aspect? Is there, I mean,
0: art
3: would art via yeah. that or absolutely? I mean, that is what I do at my uh, like most. Fundamental offering is teaching people how to draw sacred geometry. Um, it's, it's, mm. It is so user friendly. I have had 100% success after doing it for 12 years with people, um, wow. kids, octogenarians, anywhere in the spectrum. Um, it's very accessible. And as you draw it, like it's so fun. We've got these 2D shapes, but uh, we are in training our systems with harmony like literally we are aligning the hemispheres of our brain right you can create an altered state of consciousness by drawing the geometries and it begins to reflect um you know reflects our imbalances it reflects our perfections and using it as a tool for expansion is really really powerful and I teach you know two month three month courses and the evolutionary process through those weeks about self-reflection and expansion mm-hmm. is profound you know because mm-hmm. we're drawing too deep so our you know we've got this terrible uh statistic right where 10 percent of our waking reality is governed by our conscious <laughs> mind 90 percent is governed by our unconscious subconscious programming right so the geometry mm-hmm speaks to the 90 percent it speaks to the archetype and the mathematics of our subconscious mind so you think you're drawing a star tetrahedron right two tetrahedrons Uh your merkaba the flower of life you think you're drawing these (laughs) great 2d shapes meanwhile your subconscious is just getting so excited because you're turning on the other sensory abilities you're turning on more of you you are reclaiming you are empowering you're beginning to turn on that awareness of unity consciousness and it's really empowering and it's really exciting and it's it's wow. bringing more of us online
1: <clears throat> so great and they can't so- put it they, they can't put it in a, in a pill <laughs> no, <laughs> they can't, no they can't they can't they can't sell it that way yay That's, right, right i'm sorry augie please go ahead
2: Uh, I was just saying God must be a mathematician
3: or an artist I mean (laughs) I don't know know, I math always used to freak me out I uh very intimidating and I've I've come to love it you know very very basic math but you don't have to have any math in sacred geometry I've been on the metaphysical end of the spectrum for since the beginning but because it has everything uh then you know cosmology physics um art music uh everything you know if you (laughs) i will stay i will remain calm but everything uh can come back (laughs) to the geometry it's just just that fundamental
1: you know oh can you, you just this is a selfish question but i'm sure everybody will benefit from it how does one of your three-month classes go? How, how does that work? That's so intriguing.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's um, I I feel so honored because I've you know over the decade, like the classes have just become more and more um, like evolved and fascinating, and the most amazing people are drawn to sacred geometry, right? Like. Um, I don't want that to sound biased, but it's mm-hmm. so cool. And I've only learned in the last couple of years that I really do it just to meet my people, you know, like the most mm-hmm. awesome people, they know something's going on. Right. And so this mm-hmm. evolutionary process of like three months, you know, people come in and they kind of like, sometimes they're like, yeah, I know about secret geometry. I want to be able to draw it. Sometimes they come in and like, I have no idea why I'm here. I just know I need to be here. (laughs) Had had just, um, she had just had a traumatic brain injury and she was like, someone told me Uh I could reprogram my neural pathways with sacred geometry. I mean, it's incredible to see what people go through in terms of transformation. And so Uh what's fun for me is, you know, at this point I've spent, I have 18 years as a group facilitator, 18 years of experience, Uh right? It's one of my passions because when we come together, we just validate each other so much. And especially, you know, some of us like fringy, more extraordinary folks that are moving with the advanced civilizations and the motherships, and, you know, (laughs) come together, find our common ground, and just remember how really remarkable we are. And so sacred geometry is usually attracting uh, the extraordinary folks who know there's way more going on than what we've been told. Mm and you know so so it's it's group connection it's learning from each other it's learning to draw you know we start with the seed of life we move into 12-fold geometries and metatron's cube and the flower of life Mm -hmm. and then we keep going into like the tesseract right this is this is a hypercube which is a fourth dimensional shape doesn't even exist in our dimension so we're going to draw something that doesn't really exist and then we've got to start to contemplate other dimensional realities so it was really expansive and then we start drawing like the 64 star tetrahedron which is the fundamental lattice of you know uh the universe right and and the expansion that happens like the conceptual shift uh personally existentially you know it's Uh so beautiful to be a part of um all of us seeing new potentials in ourselves and in our world it's it's everything (laughs) i never get
1: tired of it
3: yeah everything yeah
2: wow yeah how can we actually put sacred geometry to work for us i know i've heard people saying that you could take one pattern and you sit there and stare at it. Mm-hmm. And somehow the pattern goes into the brain mm-hmm. and that's from there into the mind, and it changes your ability to con- connect to the universal mind. And it can you can actually put this to work for you. Yeah. Can you yeah. say something like that?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know the thing is is meditation is so powerful and it takes so much discipline and practice and you know so often we hear i tried i sat down you know my mind just won't stop and it's not um sometimes it's a formidable task to try and sit and work with the meditation and you know it, it expands and uh and and grow by staring at something you know and it's doable it's very doable and uh what's super cool is that anywhere you are on the spectrum of your spiritual work it the geometry will match you and it will yeah. take you to the next level right so you can start as you know at a beginner level uh and what I, I like to invite is the drawing of it right you do not have to be an artist it's simply it's you it's learning how to use a compass and then making circles right and you know in my classes we really go step by step and and it's 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 um it's gentle right it's a very supportive process so Aggie, what i'm getting to is meditation and just sitting can be daunting but putting a compass on a piece of paper and drawing circles and making sacred geometry simultaneously engages the left brain and the left brain's like oh yes i know what to do here and it liberates the right brain to be more receptive and have that sort of um uh, experience we're looking for in meditation you know connecting like divine guidance and wisdom and and being able to activate you know the geometry incorporates both the left and the right hemispheres of the brain it incorporates the divine feminine the divine masculine the circular structures the linear lines you know it's it brings everything together so drawing it Aggie, i would say that that's really a place to start that's my passion because it engages you in a meditative process but it doesn't seem like it just seems like you're drawing but really you're bringing yourself into a a symmetry and harmony I the, the nature
2: of the shapes. I think it was Melchizedek that said in one of his videos that uh, this is these patterns. You can sit and look at them, and they will work for you. You don't have to understand what it is. You don't have to understand how it works, but your mind, your sub, your superconscious mind understands how to work with it, so it yeah. works for you anyway. Yeah. Do you agree to that?
3: yeah yeah it's it's magic I mean this is mystery school stuff right this is the this is subversively enlightening information that's been you know kept from us um but the 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 geometry really holds the secrets of the universe think it holds the secrets to our liberation and uh you know not everybody is in support of that so but here we go (laughs) no stopping us now
2: can we connect sacred geometry to Crop circles somehow.
3: I want to <laughs> hear about crop circles. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh yeah. yeah, where to where to start? Um how how would you like to do that, Aggie? Would you <laughs> there's I could go so many different ways. I've I'm like no. in the world of crop circles. Just having been in England for two weeks, I wouldn't even know where to start with that question. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah crop circles have been around a long time and yeah. especially in the last few decades maybe more so and yeah. it's a global phenomenon there there is actually i read norwegian newspapers because i'm yes. from there i see they even had them there mm-hmm.
3: yeah not, yeah they're not big,
2: elaborate ones but smaller ones but they're definite crop circles and they are things from south america and here in america so it's been so what do you think about all this i want to just let your brain just unload on us
3: yeah so i mean really i could go anywhere but going there uh being in england you know i got to um I got to go to the crop circle exhibition in the museum it's like local it's where all of the crappies are everybody comes every year they descend on Wiltshire County and I got to talk to people who have been doing it for decades and I got to learn so much that actually left me more in the mystery of you know who and what and why and so I didn't go and get any definitive answers but a couple of things I found like I got some um some books that are out of print and you can't find them anywhere else. And they're, you know, some really fun things. So going back to the geometry structure, the question. So, you know, this is one of my favorites, right? This was the, uh, we call this the Julia set. It's really, it's really well known. So I know some people will be really familiar with it, but this is a picture. It was made uh, 1996 and it was made in broad daylight in about 20 minutes. And it had over 15,000 witnesses. And this whole, you know, in 1996, they were really catching on to the phenomenon. And this whole uh, highway became a parking lot. And people watched this formation be made. And this is the the phi spiral, right? This is we're talking geometry. This is the this is the structure of our DNA. This is uh, this infinite spiraling shape that, uh, you know, is fascinating. If you start to contemplate infinity. That's been my yeah. passion. So showed up right across from Stonehenge, you know, really attention-getting, and and then you know things like uh, Patricia Corey went and sat in the center circle, right, and started channeling the Syrians. You know, she wrote a, she wrote a couple of series of books called the um, the Syrian Revelations, and um, downloaded all sorts of information. So that's one that's like one of thousands of examples of how geometry is woven into the formations um I think it's also really fun you know the core question of who makes them right and the genuine crop circles the man-made ones the government made ones usually the perfection of the geometry is a way to tell a man-made versus um a genuine crop circle um made by advanced civilizations and whatnot well all my beliefs are just going to be coming out but that's a great place to start in terms of like the phi ratio but you know there have been beautiful i'm just looking through my little book here to see if there's anything there's been so many beautiful um formations over the years that have Show sure, us sure, some I don't of them get caught up in the book it's hard it's hard to know where to start so what else did that inspire where do we go now
2: <laughs> well, sh- show us some of the more elaborate ones also because this is something that i think it was a few years back uh, there were yes. two guys that came forward the name were doug and dave and they say yeah we're the ones doing it you know we have a board that we carry around and they got a a, a rope to it until we get it symmetrical and stuff and yeah the media they caught on to those guys and they tried to buffalo everybody but of course that didn't work but show us some of the the really elaborate ones because there is no chance whatsoever that a human like me could be able to create something like that
3: yeah well um you know uh doug and dave right i think that when we talk about doug and dave and when we think about what i call the disinformation campaign right the effort to discredit and debunk this um, phenomenon the effort has been so sincere and successful because there is something to be covered up right these are you know, my experience, my, um, my knowing is that these are encoded messages from advanced civilizations that are here to help us. There have been thousands of them over decades. And certainly what's wonderful about them is that because there is not really definitive information about who makes them, um, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can believe they're man-made you can believe they're advanced civilizations there's tons of evidence for both all of them are true right so it's really about deciding and it's about um it's about it's about consciousness you know i really i study them because i believe that they're tools for activation i believe that they are encoded with uh glyphs and um uh blueprints and um codes that can activate our DNA, right? That's, I'm all in. That's where I sit with them. And I can, I mean, usually have a PowerPoint, right? This is what I do with my calls and classes on crop circles, but this is a book, you know, they're so fun. So many of them. I mean, I only have a book of like the basics, but you, you can't possibly imagine how complex and amazing they are. I'm just, you know, flipping through here, Uh, but they've been happening for decades, you know, all right, I'll show you the one that really kicks it for me. Usually when I'm talking to people about, about the you know who makes them, there's a couple of phenomenon that really get your wheels turning about who might be involved. And one of the things, it's called a ghost formation, right? So uh, this is a formation, typically we call it the owl, right? Because it looks like an owl when you look at it from a little human mind. So this one, uh, this one was from 2009. So this was made in the field. I actually went into this field when I was there. And then uh, the image remained when it was harvested, right? So there's a little bit of curiosity that it was, you know, it didn't disappear with the field. And then. a snow dusting revealed it that winter, right? The pattern stayed there, but then typically with a ghost formation, the pattern will grow back with the next year's field, right? So this is springtime uh, season in uh, canola, rapeseed oil fields, okay. and um, you know they've they've researched them for decades. They've tried to come up with some lovely empirical data for us to study and legitimize the phenomenon and the ghost formations where like the crystalline structure of the soil has been altered to recreate the patterns uh it's just endlessly fascinating stuff and you know all of the you know all of the really famous ones where you know this is 409 circles (laughs) right this was made uh in a driving raid in a in a winter in a summer storm you know it was four hours of of uh dark sky in the england uh solstice and um and it was made on a, on a hilltop plateau. And each circle um, rotates counterclockwise. The lay of the crop rotates one direction then the other, which kind of creates this like cog in the wheel effect. And we see it 2D. But um, Foster Gamble in his uh, movie Thrive in, uh, back in 2010, he made this wonderful uh, animation of it being 3D. Right, So we see digital. 2d versions of what are you know really amazing um amazing 3d and multi-d shapes right tell me how deep you want to go i can talk forever
2: and another thing too about these circles is that it can not be done by people even if they had the sophistication to do it because when people do it they break the plant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the the real crop circles the plants are bent like they were uh microwaved or something so they became soft when they laid down yeah and the people over in england i guess understand that a lot better than what we do
3: mm-hmm. yeah well it's different when you've been in them which is part of why i went over to be in them you know and um the genuine crop circles, exactly, I mean, you, you have it. It's, you know, there's a technology that um, heats up the plants, becomes, you know, the plant becomes more malleable, but uh, it it keeps the plant alive in the field, right? Whereas man-made ones, they do, they crumple and they break the stalks and the, the fields oh. die. And, you know, just all sorts of studies of, you know, the, the germination rate of the seeds in the crops and the, um, the propagation, you know, and the the increased um, nutritional density. It's just lots of fascinating information. And, you know, it's really legit. There are man-made ones. There are, the government is involved. You know, it is a fascinating study. And uh, it really, my trip kind of brought up more questions than answers. And I'm really glad I went. Um, uh, but there's definitely, you know, the whole spectrum of formations that have been witnessed to um appear mm. within you know 10 20 minutes or sooner um and then wow. you know, there's like an electrostatic charge left in the field or you know we've begun to measure sonic frequencies that are remain in the field after they're made you know that create like a a theta wave that then we have an altered state of consciousness in them and you know all sorts of contact experiences or um spontaneous healings or remissions or um astral travel you know these are the experiences that are non-local um advanced technology that i yeah. think are here to help us you know activate yeah yeah
1: can you hear me i'm i'm so sorry i'm on a phone guys so sorry can you hear me yes yes
2: now yeah, now we can okay it.
1: okay nadi i am so curious about your personal experience with the crop circles and or sacred geometry regarding your activation and Mm -hmm. uh, meeting meeting your galactic family or or contact or 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 understanding that or any version of that
3: (laughs) yeah all of it um yeah so so i took that leap of faith 12 years ago and uh one of the first things I came across, I was living back East. I'm from the Northwest. I was living back East. I came back to the West Coast and I discovered the festival culture, right? Conscious Music festivals. And I went to one and there was a crop circle booth, right? He was selling like pendants like this with crop circles that had been made. And I could not leave the booth. I, I like, I was there for like the whole festival. And the guy was like, This is really strange. I swear I don't do this, but do you want to come with me and sell these? Like, do you want to join the vending crop circles crew? And I did. And I went around and sold them for a little while, not a long time, like just a couple of weeks beyond that. Uh, I just wanted to be around them, had no idea what was happening. It was compulsory. I was like, Mm. I just, it was an activation. And then Mm. I went about, about my way and probably forgot about that for seven years until I saw one. And like the switch was just flipped. And I, it was like Richard Dreyfus in uh, Close Encounters of the Kind. <laughs> Con- he's just completely obsessed with, um, you know, Devil's Tower because he knows that that's where the contact will be, you know, but he doesn't know. And it was the same for me. I, I just, I was drawing them. I was around them all the time. I was learning about them. I started holding classes and calls on them. And it was the same as the geometry my system was getting turned on you know and i started attracting um learning about light language and do you know experiencing light language and communicating with whales and dolphins and opening Mm -hmm. up my other sensory abilities you know beyond the 3d and then learning that that those are multi-sensory that we are multi-dimensional there are you know i began having relationships on interdimensional levels and going to visit uh, aspects of myself in other star systems that are of planetary service there as well, learning that I'm one aspect of an oversoul, you know, that is um, responding to the call of Earth and the part of the transition team in our ascension process, and that I'm doing that in a lot of different places. So I had no idea, you know, I had this crop circle activation, then I got fully immersed Mm -hmm. in them and just obsessed and it came in waves like i would get super obsessed and um (laughs) surround myself with them making montages and watching them and just having an amazing like synchronicities uh and then it would you know go quiet for a little while and i would just be integrating but watching the evolution as related to the circles and my my connection to them was um awesome Wow. Sometimes I just listen to myself. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so
3: I hope that answers the question. Does that give you an idea of the trajectory?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you have any personal um, connection to Galactics, or your thoughts on that?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what makes sense to me. Like to, to okay. look at this planet and humanity and this dimension through the lens of understanding our relationship to a galactic community to our star friends and neighbors Arcturians Pleiadians Andromedans Orions, Syrians uh, all of the friends that we know about and then many many more you know cetaceans our whales and dolphin Mm. family like this place makes no sense to me without the lens of extraterrestrial and i don't even use that word advanced civilization without understanding that influence both uh, benevolently and nefariously none of this makes sense at all to me so my connection making the connections with my off-planet um entourage (laughs) support team Mm -hmm. uh, has has made things okay you know star kids Mm -hmm. those of us who are tapped Mm -hmm. in it's really weird Mm -hmm. to be here sometimes and so um Knowing, knowing that off planet reality has been comforting and inspiring, and you know, dare I say, keeps me going sometimes. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I definitely
3: feel that. That's beautiful. It's
1: beautiful. Anything about your your connection with your star family that you would like to share, or should we go on to something else?
3: Oh. Gosh, I love that. Um, uh, Yeah, I can tie it to the crop circles, you know, because um, Uh because I went I went wanting evidence, right? We all want evidence. Mm -hmm. We all want proof. We love proof. Didn't get it. I didn't get it Mm -hmm. what i got was an invitation to go more deeply into my existential conviction about the presence of Mm -hmm. advanced civilizations right because this is just one tool right this is like a fingerprint that they're leaving for us it's a a clue and so you know i've had a lot of experiences that are just not like there's no way to explain them as like oh this is a man-made phenomena I've had um, non-local activations simply by looking at them, meaning um, spontaneous tears and a feeling of homecoming and a resonance that is so deep that, that I have a knowing of my galactic origins. I have a knowing of these formations as communications from those civilizations. And that knowing is what creates a new civilization that intuitive knowing wow. that dimensional knowing is what we are developing to expand into the nonlinear, into the heart-centered consciousness and connectivity and so <laughs> all of the different tools that are strengthening our knowing strengthening our higher consciousness um that's where we're going is moving towards that right and so so I went, <laughs> I went wanting confirmation, external confirmation, and I had to just go more deeply into the internal knowing. And uh, you know, okay, cosmic giggle. Um, but that's what happens is I'm I'm actually more um more sure about the supernatural and uh phenomenal um benevolence aspects of the formation. This is the one I got to sit in. This one was made um was made the day i arrived and i got to sit in it the day after and uh it was tremendous it's ninefold geometry so you've got three rings of nine and nine always reduces to nine and if you look at the mysteries of three six and nine just like tesla encouraged us to do you really can find the um the a lot of keys to understanding the universe (sighs) I'm
2: i'm wondering also is there any consensus of the local people over there to the effect of how are these created or who is it is it extraterrestrial or is it secret space program and dark science on earth that is creating these what do they think over there, local people
3: yeah all of it they think all of that right there's um there's truth to a a good solid style Right, a nice psychological operative and the government involvement um there's truth to man-made ones people who just want to participate in the hoaxing phenomenon and there's truth to the um genuine advanced technologies that are involved in um, creating the formations right so it's all of it it's fascinating and over there the locals it's a whole range you know you have a bunch of people that have been there for decades a bunch of people that come from around the world during the season to be with the crop circles and there's the whole you know farmers versus crappies and um uh you know we could speculate that even humans that create them in the fields have larger soul contracts to participate in making formations that you know Activate our consciousness. Like we're looking at it from afar. We don't know uh, man made, genuinely, unless uh, we use our intuition to feel into it. And uh, one woman that I really resonate with how she interprets those circles, her name is Judith Moore. And she wrote a book with Barbara Lamb, one of my most favorite people. And uh, Judith channels uh, an entity called Leolin, who is um, a keeper of the records of Ra right big time information source and she's a channel you know we always have to take that with a grain of salt human consciousness involved um but she exactly you know the planetary consciousness involved is involved the the actual plants the consciousness of the plants you know the collective consciousness she has received information that all of this is involved in making the formation right that it is the collective of humanity that is calling for this information that it is benevolent civilizations here to help us um and that because it's a higher technology when they are made with any kind of nefarious intent when that is encoded somehow that there are you know there is the ability to change and manipulate that energetic into one that is positive right so it's the whole spectrum. People have um, uncomfortable, negative experiences in them. People have life-changing, um, you know, activations. And okay. this is why it caused me existential abyss, right? It just, it just threw me back into the like, oh my God, what is going on? Um, and, and it, you can answer in any which way that's right for you. And it's going to be true so you got to decide you will find evidence for anything right and that's like life right it's like choose your beliefs right and and my belief is that this is evidence of benevolent civilizations here to help us i've had that physical non-physical non-linear experience of transformation myself and uh, and i can really get how people would want to dismiss things like that by being manmade <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think they can help. how do you think what's that? Can you uh, say it again sorry. I broke up-
3: can't quite make it out um do you want to put it in the chat? Oh, if you're on a phone you might not be able to chat, but we can't quite get your question at the moment. Okay <laughs> How's it, how's it uh, sounding, Aggie? Is it all like, am I, what do you, how does it strike you personally? Like, what do you believe? <laughs> what do you think about them?
2: I think Nori's breaking up a little bit, but uh, I have one more thing that I wanted to mention to you, and I'm sure you know about it. I think it was a couple or three years ago, I saw there was somebody that was sitting up on a hill, kind of watching a field, expecting maybe to see something yeah and they saw these two lights that came around and they were circling around and when they had completed a circle you could see the crop circle the 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 grass just laid down underneath in the pattern that was designed did you see that little it was about a three minute video i think
3: yeah that's that's a well-known video where that the formation just manifests i mean There's there's a lot of people that have, you know, you could imagine everybody wants to see them being made. They sit up on Silbury Hill and everybody has night watches and they like take 360 degree perspective and they take shifts and they stay up all night and still formations happen and nobody saw it. And then some people have seen it and some people, lots of people see balls of light and there's sounds that are made. I mean, there are so many eyewitnesses to really paranormal paranormal phenomenon. that can also be government involvement i mean it's a really Mm. non-definitive situation here (laughs) so yeah yeah there's evidence um for
2: that video uh, i'm giving it a 95 percent chance that is of an extraterrestrial origin
3: awesome yeah it's out there it's true
2: i i I think so yeah
3: yeah can you hear me now
2: yes yeah
1: yay okay so uh Mm -hmm. nadi Back to the advanced civilizations, you know, you said that you believe that they're here to help us. How can they help us through our individual consciousness, through our collective consciousness, or a way that I haven't even thought about? What do you think?
0: Yeah,
3: all of the above, right? Um, mm. Individual consciousness, collective consciousness. I think individual, um, I believe that there you know crop circles are one avenue sacred geometry is one Avenue meditation um, uh, light language um, arts I mean all of the um, the pathways to enlightenment, so to speak, all of the ways that we are calling for to access, um, the more of us that we are, Um, hang on, let me, my language is going a little wonky there. Um, There are so many different paths to God, right? And so in terms of benevolent civilizations, they are one, they're one pathway. And I really believe that um, they have the ability to expose us to, Um, a more unity consciousness experience right where we can understand the interconnectivity of everything and if you really get that at a cellular level um you're going to live differently you're going to understand how much waste you produce you're going to understand the programs of division that are illusions you're going to understand how important it is to really love deeply and extend kindness to each other and um that level of advanced perspective of understanding um love, you know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how important love yeah. is
3: everything. And so I believe that of the higher um consciousness beings, that is the message that permeates um individual contact, collective contact. I think transformation will be through our increased connectivity to love loving each other loving the planet. So that's kind of my answer even though I don't really know if that was an answer. I, I love that answer. <laughs> I oh, love no. that answer. And and you know for people who are new to this
1: um people who are raising their eyebrow now going what is what is what is all this? You know a, an entry level an entry level step that we can all make, whether we're new or we're not new to this, is to really step into love. That really is where everything begins and expands from. And and even if we don't know what all this is, it's you know, it's so big to try and wrap our brains around tonight. And the trick is to not use your brain, right? But to to begin to wade into you know the frequency of love on every level right I mean even just you know in our everyday conversations that's gonna that's gonna lead us to another path that's gonna rise up to to meet us and then another one and then other things become expansive and unfold yeah
3: exactly that's the way yeah yeah, yeah. So beautiful. And I think, I think a, a big part of it is, um, uh, you know, I used to love Abraham. I mean, I still do, but I used to like, I was in a full immersion mm-hmm. mode with, uh, Abraham, yeah. hey. and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. they, they have a practice, you know, they say, go general, right? Like we can't yeah. into right away when we're right. like seeped in the fear programming of mainstream, um, media, you know, it, yeah. the, the ripple of fear permeate everything. And so, you know simply trying to mitigate the fear at first I think is like the good the good first steps we know about turning our TVs off and this whole thing um but Mm -hmm. stepping into more neutrality is a really great first Mm -hmm. step you know by moving away from fear and then in that neutrality you know we start to attract um uh more I want to say you know high vibrational what do I want to say um in that neutrality Mm -hmm. is the spaciousness to choose and when we choose organically choose connectivity and so just creating Mm -hmm. that spaciousness to make the choice versus being bombarded Mm -hmm. with what we should feel and believe uh that's a huge step and um takes Mm -hmm. a little bit of pressure off of things and then um that choice point is so much more powerful Mm -hmm. so Mm
0: -hmm.
3: anything that gives us no So beautifully said. So,
1: And, you know, the fear thing is really tricky because I think we, have
0: we think we know what we're afraid of. We
3: lost you after we think we know what we're afraid of. Okay.
1: Yeah, we, we think that we know what we're afraid of, and then something really big happens in life that scares the, the Jesus out of you, and mm-hmm. it takes you to a new level of understanding where we still have work to do. Do you have anything... That you could share for people who are just beginning to understand that they do have fears and they're wading into you know releasing their fears i'm sure your art you know would be a beautiful medication if you will for them but yeah what do you think
3: um uh well what popped in so i i hope i heard the question in terms of i just want to make sure i got the question right uh what's a what's a first step that people can take when they're you know making transitions did I get that right
1: that would be perfect absolutely yeah
3: yeah it's it's interesting because I had a thought and then I was like oh I don't know if that's useful (laughs) um I would say the first thought is is the one that I swear is my mantra and it'll sound so silly but um part of creating space in our psyche is uh removing or taking a step back from critical voices, right? We are so hard on ourselves. We are mean. We are meaner to ourselves than we would ever be to anybody else. And it's a program that keeps us down. And one of the things, literally I walk around telling myself what a good job I'm doing. It sounds so silly, but the thing is, is no matter what you're doing, you showed up. <laughs> and you can start with that you're on this planet and it takes so much every day to be here and so by saying you're doing a good job to yourself a lot um it it honors how much it takes to be here it you know there is so much that's taken for granted we live with so much stress and pain and so just showing up is such a victory <laughs> like i could look at anybody and find the places where they're doing a good job and I look for the places where I'm doing a good job in my life because it pivots me into more lightness. It pivots me into appreciation. Then I can find some gratitude. And gratitude is really the game changer, is to be able to find mm-hmm. what's here and working for us. There you go. I got myself to our answer. Gratitude awesome. is the key. If you can find I it love the smallest thing, that's the one. Yeah, that's the game changer. Gratitude. And we're doing a really so good job. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thank you that's so beautiful i see we're getting down towards the end of the show here but uh let people know how they can get a hold of you because you do more than talk about drop circles you're a yoga instructor a meditation teacher you do reiki healing and you teach so you do light language mm-hmm. and uh, let them know how they can uh, find you and uh, maybe have a discussion with you and get in touch
3: We love to have a discussion uh, about all of those things yeah Uh, so uh, you can um you can fill out the contact form at my website and that's as you said in the beginning it's galactic rose geometry um and I also have a bunch of videos up on my YouTube channel which is also I think galactic rose and then um one of the things that's just always available is I have a um, an eight module course that's uh, that course that we were talking about before all of the different steps of learning uh, you can find that at star family wisdom and that is jenna laden's platform it's a wonderful website um, all sorts of support for um, experiencers that are coming into understanding their contact experiences um, so star family wisdom has my online sacred geometry drawing class I give you the information about what you're learning and drawing and then i also give you instruction on how to do it we do it together and then there's pdfs and steps and all of that fun stuff and then uh yeah presentations locally i do energy work locally we do light language out on the rocks in sedona um i feel really blessed to be able to be here and uh and participate in um you know Activation circles and ceremonies, and yeah, let's let's talk. Let's get together. I, I'm I'm here of service. I'm here to support, and uh, I'm gonna be able to tell you where you're doing a good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nadi, my life has been made better just by having this conversation with you tonight. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, your light and your wisdom and and all that you've shared with us. It's so great well thank you so much
3: wow thank you so much yeah i feel super uplifted too i really appreciate the uh that's all it's just about talking about these good things together right so what you all are doing on the platform and bringing everyone to you know uplift each other i i'm so honored to be a part of what you're doing so thank you so much
2: yeah and for the listeners out there uh, go to her website galactic rose and like i did read that blog it hey, was i don't good. even
3: remember aggie i don't even remember what's in the blog <laughs> <laughs> i
2: think it, it dates back over a year or something but uh it was so good and i uh yeah it, it's but Uh, i have a favorite question that i would love to ask you oh boy very personal one and Uh that is if you could talk to the whole world and the world is listening what would you tell them
0: Mm -hmm. well
3: The whole world, that's a vast expanse of potential, isn't it? I would say my (laughs) motto is, you're not crazy, you're extraordinary. Right now, there's one caveat. If you are a crazy driver, you're not an extraordinary driver. There's a few places where it doesn't exchange equally, but those of us who have been told that we're crazy or have internalized that message and believe that we're crazy, maybe you're extraordinary maybe just maybe and you just you haven't you haven't been told that so um that's the one thing yeah. i like to say to people is maybe you're not crazy maybe you're actually extraordinary
2: yeah i am sure there's a lot of people sitting in asylums that oh. has been talking about stuff i've been talking about and that's why they ended up there
3: <laughs> yeah painful aspect of this dimension for sure yeah
2: yeah well thank you very much for being with us this was lovely wonderful
3: thank you Aggie. thank you both so much and everyone listening it's, it's really so fun to talk about these things thank you
2: thank you and we'd love to have you back on sometime and have another discussion there's so much more to talk about
3: always yeah yes yeah, Great. thank you thank you thank you so much